Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. Hello. Hello, Simone. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day you're listening to the podcast. But it's Tuesday today when we're recording it. Um, one week from Mardi Gras. Yeah, or one week from non-Mardi Gras, right? So um, how, how do we move forward? Um, we do the best that we can, right? Um, have you been able to see any Yardi Gras or, or um, floats in the oaks? I have, you know, I've spent this weekend, I kind of biked around, I went for a run and was taking in a lot of the really cool uh, house floats in the Bywater, um, went over to Algiers Point, saw some there, and then of course uptown and seeing all the amazing uh, house floats on on St. Charles and in that area, just so creative and incredible and glad that they're putting people to work, you know, to kind of help with some of these houses. So really cool to see. And then last night we did do floats in the Oaks, you know, Miss Miss Winifred, the chow came along and she was fascinated, you know, just seeing the lights and the colors and the sounds and all of that. So well done. Um, you know, kudos to our friends at City Park uh, for continuing to think of creative ways to allow us to engage with the park and celebrate Mardi Gras safely. But it was a lot of fun. So how about you, Simone? Have you been finding your own ways of enjoying this year's Mardi Gras season? Yes, um, I am committed to still day drinking and um, being unproductive uh, when we might usually ride. So I'm committed to doing that. Um, I uh, We have not seen, we've seen some of the houses, but there are so many more that we would like to see. I'm with you. I can't believe how amazingly imagined imaginative people are. I hope that sticks around. I hope that's one of those things that, that people keep around for a long time. Um, our, I saw our own Alicia Renfro had her house decorated and I loved it. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad for new traditions, uh, including floats in the Oaks. I thought um, that was a, an amazing fundraiser um, for our very good friends at City Park who desperately need it. Um, you know, we ride on Saturday morning, right, Jacques? And so I never get to see the tux toilet. So <laughs> now I got to see what everybody's talking about. It was also super cool to see uh, the wagon wheels behind some of the, the older floats. Um, that That's amazing that they still, you know, use those floats like that. But also, um, you know, just to even think about how Rex and Iris don't even have lights on their floats because <laughs> they're day parades. And when would when will we ever, ever be able to see all those things put together like that? So uh, so for all those people that patiently waited in line while vans got stuck in the tent, um, I'm sure City Park very much appreciates um, your attention that that uh, and your your money and your donation uh, for City Park. So uh, what a fun thing. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you're right that this will probably be a tradition that we see, you know, for years to come. And we'll look back and be like, hey, when did people start, you know, decorating their houses like this? And maybe it's one of the positive things to come out of all of this. And I would just have to say with, with I'm with you 100 percent on Floats in the Oaks. It really was not that long of a wait, you know, and then we got there and it was just so cool to see the floats up close from a different perspective you wouldn't otherwise see. So highly recommend if you haven't go get your tickets, check it out. Um, and just a really great way to, to celebrate Mardi Gras this year. Popeyes isn't closed either, Simone. So you're more than welcome to get Popeyes as much as you want, uh, in addition to King Cake between now and Tuesday. So excellent point. All is not lost. 
Excellent. Exactly. Well, we're excited to bring on some friends today to talk about just different things that are happening in the spirit of, you know, finding ways to innovate and evolve with these times. Uh, we're going to check in on some events that have been happening and one that's upcoming that we've talked about a lot in the past, uh, Cook-Off for the Coast. That's going to look a little different this year, but it'll still be packed with great content and partners and just opportunities for you to engage around themes of cooking and our coast. So let's bring on a dear friend of the show, one of our close colleagues, Samantha Carter, Outreach Manager with the National Wildlife Federation. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Sam. Hey, y'all. How are you? How are you, Sam? Have you been enjoying the Yardy Gras? Um, you know, I have been. I'm really, really missing so many things about Mardi Gras, but I'm looking forward to this weekend and biking around and seeing some of the houses and stuff y'all were talking about. And hopefully we're getting close to crawfish season and some other things. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I remembered that you telling me that um, about the biking part of it. And I love that that Floats in the Oaks added that part, too, because I think it just goes to show you how much New Orleans is is a biking city. But um, I mean, Sam, you're besides besides partaking in more outdoor activities and, and things like that. How has your job changed um, over over these past couple months to a year? Um, it has changed so much. <laughs> you know, we used to do our specialty was big public events and taking people out on field trips. And we really haven't been able to do any of that. Um, so there's been a huge shift into this wonderful online world. Um, and kind of like you said, with the, the house floats, I think, I think we're learning a lot. And I think there's going to be some things that are going to carry forward. Um, you know, we've done digital care packages to people. Um, I'll tell you more in a minute about how we're bringing the cook-off online. Um, but we've been doing webinars and storytelling projects, the cookbook, um, all sorts of things. It's so cool to see kind of how you all have evolved and how public engagement has evolved during this time, right? I, I certainly, there's been a lot of innovation. And I think you're right, Sam, that a lot of that will carry forward in terms of how we do public engagement and education, how we create resources for people. Um, so very cool to see your team leading in a lot of those efforts. Uh, you know, we're going to get into the cook-off in a second, but Simone and I have been focused on how 2021 is a busy year for the coast and the work doesn't stop. So what are some of the priorities that you're focused on um, in terms of engaging stakeholders and the public on coastal issues going forward? Um, you are right. 2021 is a big year. There is so much going on already. Um, you know, already we're looking at um, engaging people around the New Orleans East Land Bridge, which is, um, you know, could be put up for some NERDA funding. We've got Mid-Bear Terria Draft EIS coming out. We're still working on all sorts of legislative outreach getting new and old legislators out in the field and, and up to date on coastal issues. We've always got the annual plan. Um, so if, if there was ever a time to get engaged, I think it's probably now because there, there's lots of stuff coming up. And I'm sure you'll keep us up to date on that as well as your colleagues. And we'll be sure to share those opportunities as they come up. Sam, I know something that you're very passionate about and you've worked a ton on over the years is uh, focusing on our chefs, right? And chefs as being experts and kind of spokespeople for the coast because they source a lot of times uh, seafood that's direct from our coast. 
We know it's been a tough year for restaurants and restaurant workers, um, certainly. Is there anything you want to share about ways that we can continue to help our restaurant and industry friends during this time? Um, absolutely. And first and foremost is just keep eating. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. All right, Sam. I'll take that one on. Thank you. <laughs> I know that one's tough. Um, but, you know, it's simple stuff. I'll tip extra even if you're not dining in. Um, so many restaurants have expanded their outdoor seating now. So places that are open you know, have really done a lot to conform to social distancing and making it comfortable for people. So if you're comfortable eating out, there's definitely a lot of places still open. A lot of places that didn't used to do takeout are now doing takeout. So, you know, eat at your favorite restaurant still. Um, and, you know, they definitely need the help. And then I think there's, you know, there's some other efforts going on. You know, obviously Crew of Red Beans continues to do great work and helping people um, in their time of need right now. Um, Isaac Tubes is doing great work as always. They um, do big family meals um, that are, you know, basically just giving food away to anybody who needs it. Um, and you can always just Venmo Isaac. Um, there's info on how to do that on his Instagram page um, to help support those efforts. But um, yeah, there's a lot you can do right now to help the restaurants. Yeah, that's great to know, Sam. So speaking of eating and things we love to do, we've had so much fun. I didn't get to go last year. Jacques took my place, but we had so much fun. I had so much fun previously at Docville Farms for the cook-off. And, and like everything else, it's going to look different. You mentioned that earlier. So, But it's still on. Let's be clear. It's very much still on. So what can we expect from uh, cook-off for the coast this year in 2021? Yeah, so this is going to be our fourth annual cook-off for the coast, and it is going to look different. Um, but, you know, we still really wanted to mark the occasion um, and celebrate and try and pull some of the same elements that we know and love from, from the cook-off when we can do it in person. Um, and so we are bringing it online. Um, we're still going to have um, live music. We've got the Misha Melody Makers and special guest Layla McCullough, who is a favorite of mine. Um, they recorded a special performance for us at DVA a couple weeks ago, so we'll be debuting that. Um, we're going to have a virtual flyover. If anyone was at the cook-off last year, they'll remember we had this big, wonderful map that had all the different projects going on in and around St. Bernard Parish and updates on all that. We're working to bring that online um, and you'll get a little tutorial during the cook-off on how to access that map and, and some updates on the projects going on there. We're going to have cooking demos. Um, again, our favorite chef Isaac Toops uh, recorded a demo for us last week um, and another chef, uh, Jared Austin, who's actually a riverboat pilot also did a demo for us. So you'll get to see them cooking up some great food and get some helpful hints on, on how to cook it for yourself at home. Um, and then of course it wouldn't be the cook off without a dose of healthy competition. Um, so this year, um, the competitions, we're gonna do a recipe competition and an artwork competition. And for the recipes, we're going to, it's the same categories from the normal cook-off, swim, crawls, flies, um, and then a student category. Um, so if anyone's cooking up big meals over Mardi Gras weekend, uh, be sure to take some pictures and write your recipe down. Um, and you can submit anything that, you know, highlights the bounty of the Louisiana coast. It's fair game. 
um, and you will win the same wonderful trophies that we usually have um, at the cook-off and of course all the glory and bragging rights. Um, and then the artwork competition is divided in a couple different age categories. Um, so kind of like younger kids, high school age kids, and then anyone over 18, including adults, are welcome to join for that. And the idea is um, you'll get uh, gift cards for winning in the different divisions. Um, and we'll encourage people to spend those at local restaurants. And then um, we're also hoping that for the winning artwork that'll get included in the promotion for what will be the biggest and best 2022, hopefully in-person cook-off for the coast. I love that, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, Jacques and I have an idea that we're going to do a cook-off against each other in a duel. He is going to make his famous homemade um, potato salad with homemade mayonnaise. And I can't tell you what I'm going to make because it's a secret. And it doesn't really fall in one of those categories, Sam, but we believe it's imp important to our culture and carrying on those things. And I just want to beat Jacques. So um, that's what we're going to do for you um, to help you out with that, um, the 2022 cook-off for the coast to make it like the real bomb. What do you think, Jacques? Oh, okay, <laughs> I see how it is. You announced my recipe to everyone, but you're keeping yours top secret to the last minute. And, and you choose a recipe that's going to basically make my hand fall off from uh, <laughs> whisking the mayo. But all right, I see how it is. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take that challenge. I will say, as far as uh, competition goes, I certainly hope the students at Chalmette High are participating this year again. They were so enthusiastic last year, and it was great to see them finally take home the award for their awesome, uh, delicious food that they cooked at the cook-off last year. So no shortage of great talent out there of all ages and backgrounds, and hope to see that all represented at this year's cook-off. So Sam, where can people go if they want to learn more information about the cooking competition, about the art competition, or if they just want to register to attend the event. Yes, uh, you can head over to our website, which is coastcookoff.com. You'll find all the info you need. Um, there's uh, Google Forms. If you want to submit a recipe or a piece of artwork, you can find the official contest rules and you can register for the Zoom. So we're going to um, debut this as a webinar and on Facebook Live um, on February 24th at noon. So if anyone wants to take a lunch break, see us announce our winners and all the great content that I just mentioned, um, we would love you all to register and join us for that. So Sam, this is a this is a huge effort. Like you mentioned, you've done it for several years now, and you have some great partners. We had Blaze on the show previously from Miro Foundation. So name some of the other folks that that are part of this. Yes, Miro is always such an incredible partner on this. Even though we're not doing this at Docville this year, they're still still the best. Um, we love working with them. Um, we're also working with the St. Bernard Parish uh, Tourism Department and the St. Bernard Parish Coastal Division are also always great partners. And this year, um, we're also working um, with the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. They were generous enough uh, to let us use their test kitchen to record our cooking demos. Um, so they're being a great partner this year also. Very cool. We cannot wait to tune in um, and, and watch all the great content, the music, the competitions, the cooking demos and more. And of course, you know, we're, we look forward to how the cook-off continues in years ahead. 
you know, this is a great event for raising awareness to coastal issues and bringing partners together, celebrating our coast and our culture and food and all of those sorts of things. But the event also has helped, uh, you know, fund projects in the past, right, for some of the students. So tell us how, what the event supports. Yeah, so um, you can still donate money, um, and the money goes to, we always try and find a local project in St. Bernard, and so in the past, we've worked with the St. Bernard Wetlands Foundation to support their greenhouse, um, and those trees were then used to do plantings around the Carnarvon area. Um, we've also given money to the St. Bernard 4-H Club. They have a black mangrove program where the high school students actually grow the mangrove trees um, in their greenhouse at Shelmet High and then uh, go out into the field and plant them. Um, and then another great program um, is a partnership between Shelmet High and Nunez where their welding students learn learn how to build oyster cages, um, and then those cages um, get put out to help create um, living shorelines and artificial reefs. I love that. You know, it's just such a great uh, joining of, you know, like you, like I was saying, our culture, our food, partnerships, education, coastal work, you know, all of those things. So huge congratulations and kudos to you and all the partners who have made this event so successful and who are not giving up in the face of very difficult uh, circumstances and, and helping the event evolve in these times. And like I said, looking forward to it coming back stronger than ever in the future. So um, huge shout out to you, Sam. And one more time, where can people go to uh, register or to submit in the competitions? Yes, you can go to coastcookoff.com. And if you're listening to this before February 19th, it's not too late to submit your own recipe or work of art for the competitions. Very, very cool. Very cool, yes. Um, Sam, thank you for coming back on. I know you're really busy these days and we hope that you have a very successful event. Um, yet again, Jacques and I are talking about food and it makes me hungry <laughs> and something like this is weeks away. <laughs> Uh, but definitely looking forward to that. Jacques, do you have a fun question for Sam? Well, I'm a, a little on the spot, but I guess we can go with the theme <laughs> of the episode. Um, so Sam, you know, we know things um, are different this year, right? But what is the one Mardi Gras tradition or experience you're most looking forward to uh, when things return to somewhat normal? Maybe let's say Mardi Gras 2022. Um, so I have walked in box of wine for the last four or five years, and it is one of my favorites. If you don't know it, it's a foot parade that precedes Bacchus and everyone, you can have a box of wine and you feed all the, the parade watchers wine straight out of the box. And it's always a beautiful, messy <laughs> parade. Um, and I'm missing it a lot this year. So looking forward to when we can do that again. Yep. Well, <laughs> just like Popeye's boxed wine is still available, even if you can't walk <laughs> up and down St. Charles. I don't know if I would recommend those two together, but you never know, you know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, all right, Sam. Well, thank you so much for being on and again for all the work you're doing. And we'll look forward to joining you at the uh, next cook-off for the coast. Um, so it is time for our Coastal Stat of the Week. This week's Coastal Stat is about our very own Mississippi River Delta. It is the confluence of the Mississippi River with the Gulf of Mexico off the southern tip of Louisiana. 
It is the nation's largest drainage basin and the seventh largest river delta on Earth, containing more than 4,200 square miles of coastal wetlands. Its current shape, described as a bird foot delta, reflects the dominance the river exerts over other hydrologic and geologic forces in the northern Gulf of Mexico. So that's a very relevant stat. And I don't know if you saw Simone, but um, you know our, our friend Matthew White had a wonderful photo essay in the New York Times, I think came out this week, that really showcases the Mississippi River Delta and Plaquemines Parish. And uh, he's a photographer I've admired for a long time. So really great to see uh, his work get that attention, but also the attention to Plaquemines Parish and, and the Mississippi River Delta. And, and our other previous guest, uh, John Snell, also had a Coast and Crisis uh, story that, that ran recently this week, and he was talking about the West Bay diversion and explained a little bit about, about that West Bay in, in terms of the bird fit, too. So that's kind of a little mini theme this week, right? There you go. Yeah, Mr. Earl Armstrong, right, um, <laughs> who's quite uh, a, a hero in a lot of ways for what he did and, and quite a character. So definitely check both of those out if you can. And we're excited to come back uh, to talk a little bit more about what's been going on in your neck of the woods, Simone. So stick with us and we'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Aver with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat. And we, we are, are shifting from my neck of the woods to your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. Simone. So from Home the St. Bernard Plaquemines area over to the Terrebonne Lafouche area. So let's. why don't you tell us about our next guest and tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about on this next segment. Yes, Home Field Advantage has finally shifted back in my direction. I'm very pleased about that. And I'm so pleased to represent the Bayou region is Ryan Perk. Ryan is with Friends of Bayou Lafouche. It's actually been a while. You've been on the show before, though, right, Ryan? Yes, I have. I believe this is the third time that you guys have invited me. So it's it's exciting to be back. And, um, you know, the, the, I think the conversations will be a, a little bit different. Uh, as with everything else, but excited to be back and appreciate the opportunity. So, so that's what I was going to mention. Um, a lot has happened, <laughs> obviously, yes. between, between the last time. Did you get married? I got married in October of 2019. So, mm-hmm. right so you got married. We have a global pandemic, like major life shifts. Here. Correct. So, it, you know, I mean, look, in our, our first year of marriage, we, we dealt with a pandemic and quarantine. And so all's good. You know, I hadn't had to sleep outside or anything yet. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think everything everything should be good here on out, right? Yeah. So when Billy and I got married, we got married in May and um, it was Katrina in August and we were living in the city. And so we had to evacuate and live with our family and all kind of other things. But Ryan totally endorsed the idea. If you can make it through something like that in the beginning, everything else seems very much small potatoes. Right. I mean, they're always they're always listing, you know, things like like building a house, having kids and finances is always the hardest parts of marriage. Well, 
they didn't take into account a pandemic. So or work from home, <laughs> work from home with your spouse. Everybody, Ryan, Jacques, I can see everybody shaking their heads <laughs> on that call. Well, you you have certainly not slowed down though in the face of a, a global pandemic. You're just like Sam, our previous guest. You've you've had to do things a little bit differently. But but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about Friends of Bayou Lafouche and tell us about your background. Sure. So. Uh, most of my career has been spent in, in government or public relations roles. Uh, back in 2017, I was approached about uh, taking over Friends of Bailafouche in the executive director's position. So after, after some thought and uh, talking it over with my, my fiance at the time, is, you know, we, we decided that it, it was a good decision, good fit for me. Um, and it's, it's been fun. It's, it's somewhat been a, a, a growth opportunity for an organization, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, at least the last 60, 70 years, Biofouche has, has somewhat been looked at as basically a large, uh, drainage ditch. Uh, but we've seen a, a big turnaround take place over the last, I'd say three to four years. Um, and, and certainly Friends of Bailafouche cannot take all the credit for that. A lot of that has been the work that the Bailafouche Freshwater District is doing to, to put more water and, and safer water into Bailafouche and really revitalizing it to having more water flowing down the bayou. And we're seeing a lot of individuals, um, both private and public, opening up their bachelor properties, uh, both for, you know, recreational use, aesthetics. Uh, you know, we, we've seen almost a, a trip, the triple amount of permit applications for Bayou side enhancements since 2016, 2017. So um, people are beginning to take pride in, in Bayou Lafourche. And we're seeing a, a big transition happen right in front of us. So it's, it's really been exciting to, to play a small role in, in this process. And, and really what, what Friends of Balafouche focuses on is the, the recreational opportunities, which is, you know, that's, that's kind of two parts. One being the, the, the public enhancements, the, the parks, the launches, the docks and stuff like that, that, that we fundraise and apply for grants and, and construct. The other part of it that we haven't been able to do over the last couple of years or the last year is uh, events where we're, we're able to host fishing tournaments and, and kayak events and paddle trips and, and stuff like that. So while, while that has been a bit of a hurdle, we've somewhat shifted gears and, and promoted the, the sites that we have, spent more time on creating new enhancements and we're working on a couple opportunities to give to give residents and visitors ways that that they can use the bayou outside of a formal organized events. So uh, it's it's been fun. Yeah, that you nailed it right. The whole time you were talking, the the thing that came most to my mind was pride. And then I think that after a really kind of terrible point after Hurricane Gustav, where people kind of realized just how important that ditch is to everybody, um, I I absolutely think you deserve more credit, Ryan, along with the Bayou the Fouche Freshwater District. Y'all have been uh, great and very complimentary to each other. Um, and y'all have absolutely raised the game there. And, and um, I think pride is a fantastic word for that. Uh, yesterday, I was leaving my office in Tibet. And, and I looked and 
I think I saw a pontoon boat in the bayou with a brand new deck. And so I'm like, oh, I love to think of like kind of a jungle cruise down the bayou, right? But you're right. I mean, people people are absolutely using the bayou for what it was intended. You just got to let me know when you bring that water ski team back to Nichols, right? Look, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, we've got... Yeah, there's a university right down the street that I'm not going to mention any names of that that has a team. So, you know, we're we're working on our Nichols project right now. It's under construction, so maybe that'll be the catalyst to make it happen. And you know, with the with the pandemic, you know, when we were in the middle of the the, the quarantine um, in middle of last year, it it was great to see so many people paddling. You know, they weren't able to go on vacations or travel or go to festivals or sports. So they were looking at Bay Lafourche as a place to go and, and exercise and, and do recreation. So, you know, it was, it was great to see, but we used it as an opportunity to see what, what the Bayou needs in order to make this more popular. What do we need to do to make this an attraction outside of a global pandemic? So, it was kind of a, a beta test to see what what we needed uh, moving forward to, to add into our master plan. Brian, I mean, congratulations to you, as Simone said, on all this amazing progress. I know these big kind of shifts are not easy often and that they take time, but to see uh, the amount of progress you all are making despite the circumstances is certainly impressive. So I wanna focus in on some of the recent developments you all have been working on. Tell us a little bit about the Bayou Side Park. Sure, so the Bayou Side Park in front of Nichols, um, that's, those conversations started in, in early 2017, actually right before I came in. Um, and, and you guys are, are well aware of, of governmental permitting and, and everything that goes along with federal funding. Uh, but, you know, in, in 2017, Friends of Alafouche approached uh, the university and said, you've got seven and a half acres of property um, that that can certainly be improved upon. Would the university allow Friends of Alafouche to develop a plan and fundraise and, and acquire grants to, to execute whatever's developed in the master plan? Well, the, the administration at the time was, was very... Um, was very accommodating. So at that point, we approached the uh, UL System Board of Supervisors. They uh, approved Nickel State to sign a cooperative endeavor agreement with Friends of Lafourche. At that point, we approached Louisiana Cajun Bayou, which is Lafourche Parish's tourism agency. They um, they awarded us a tourism in, uh, tourism investment program grant which allowed us to develop a master plan for the entire Bayou Side track. So it's, it's got a price tag of, I, I believe, 8.3, 8.4 million. Um, and, and so through several meetings with Nichols administration, faculty, staff, student leaders, and community key stakeholders, we put together this phased master plan for the Bayou Side Park. And, and we were, we were dedicated to not letting this master plan collect dust on a shelf. Uh, we immediately started applying for funding through a few different sources. Uh, we were we were awarded. We so we submitted this this initial grant in 2018. Uh, we were given provisional um, 
Awardle in 2019. So that's when we started all the permitting and the process and the paperwork that, that had to go into it. Uh, then the, the L'Oreal Foundation, which is an extremely local uh, foundation that funds a lot of brick and mortar projects around town, uh, stepped in and, and supplied a very substantial match. And over, uh, you know, during 2020, we went through uh, design and the final stages of permitting. And here we are constructing it now. Uh, so it is uh, it's going to be on the Nickel State University backshore property directly across from the uh, John Falls Culinary Institute. And we will, right now, they're doing all the, the tree clearing, the earthwork. And when that's done, they'll be building a concrete parking lot, a pavilion, a boardwalk, a, a floating dock. We're also going to connect to the existing walking trail there along the bayou side um, and really create a, a usable public park uh, not just for the university, but for our, our community as a whole. Ryan, I love the connection. We, I've actually taken pictures by the fountain, by the bayou up there. Know how nice it is. And, and I've always wondered, why aren't there more people here? Why don't people use it more? It's because they have to cross the highway. It's because there's no place to park, you know, and, and those kinds of things. So, and, and to think that you had to follow that rabbit hole to ULL system, Board of Regents. I know you had to deal with the Corps of Engineers at some point, right? I mean, to think in a simple idea like that is definitely not so simple. So kudos to you and friends of Bayou Lafouche for not allowing that to sit on the shelf and, and to collect us. And we're looking forward to seeing it. And I think it's just generated more and more excitement within the community. And as mentioned, pride pride for the Bayou. So um, what are what are some other improvements? Um, so we talked about the Bayou Lafouche Freshwater District. I think we've had Ben previously on the show. Y'all are working on some, um, and, and I think y'all just work, uh, you know, maybe this is Ben's piece and you work on that piece, but um, something important in Thibodeau is the weir removal. Right, right. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Right. So the, the weir removal is part of a larger plan, as you guys know, called the Mississippi Reintroduction by Lafourche uh, that was developed several years ago. And the whole concept behind that is to put more water in more fresh water into by Lafourche in order to push the salt water out. Um, and, and that's both a, a benefit from pushing fresh water as well as the sediment to the lower portions of Lafourche and Terrebonne Parish to help with the, the coastal land loss. So you've got that, and you know, I cannot not mention that Balafouche is a you know, source of drinking water for 300,000 people across West Ascension, Assumption, Lafourche, and Terrebonne Parishes. So first and foremost, Bailafouche is, is a source of drinking water. So we have to make sure that the water going into Bailafouche is sufficient to supply all these water treatment facilities up and down the bayou. And then after that, like I was mentioning, you have all the coastal erosion benefits of, of adding more water to, to Bailafouche. Well, a part of that uh, reintroduction plan is the removal of the weir. The weir is a, a, a steel sheet pile with a concrete cap wall across by Lafourche in downtown Thibodeau. It was put in in the, the late 60s 
in order to hold up enough water for the water treatment facilities above the weir, which included Thibodeau, um, the, you know, the city of Thibodeau, Assumption Parish, and Ascension Parish. Um, you know, at the time, there was a lot less water coming down the bayou, so they had to do what was necessary in order to protect their, their supply. Several projects have been completed by the, the Freshwater District and, and the many partners that they brought in to make the projects possible in order to put more water into the bayou, increasing the pump capacity in Donaldsonville pump station, removing the restrictions at the Union Pacific Railroad Bridge in Donaldsonville. You know, it previously used to be just culverts. Now it's an, it's an open fixed span bridge. There's been several dredging projects completed and we've got water control structures in Lockport and now Napoleonville, where in, in low water surface elevations events, those gates can be closed and the water can be regulated for the water treatment facilities. So what it comes down to is, is the weirs and obstruction for more water coming down the bayou. And second, it's, it's really not needed with the new uh, water control structures in place. So that project is under construction now. They, it's, uh, it was awarded to sea level construction. They uh, began the work in January. The first phase was some cleaning, cleaning up some of the trees on the, on the LA one side, and then they needing to do some work at the city of Thibodeau's water intake um, plant. So that work is being done right now. They're expected to start bringing in the uh, demo equipment in late February, early March, uh, which will be a huge asset in bringing that additional water in the bayou that, that we need. And for our friends at Bayou Lafourche, we absolutely love this project because it, is, it has been an obstruction in the bayou for 60 years now. Uh, that completely prevents any any boating through downtown Thibodeau. So it's exciting to see this uh, this weir being removed. And we are work while we haven't announced anything publicly yet. Um, we're working on the logistics of a boat parade to take place when the weir comes out. So it's it's something that that we can do that we feel confident we can we can complete this this boat parade without. Um, without breaking any of the restrictions that are in place right now with, with the COVID gathering restrictions. I love that, Ryan. You know, I remember so many years ago, Hugh Caffrey was talking about how Bayou Lafourche is just something that, that you speed past at 65 miles per hour, right? When you, when you're getting from here to there and, and things that y'all are doing are, are physical. They're within the community. You can see it. And something like the weir that people have been talking about for so, so long, you know, people see the progress and, and that increases the pride there for sure. So, so good, good work with that. I know Ben's also looking forward to his um, pump station coming online very soon. Um, that it'll enhance, I think they're at least at a thousand CFS and could go a little higher. So um, again, so complimentary with the Bayou Lafouche Freshwater District and, and Ben and his very strong board there. So, so good work. I do want to touch on one more thing um, before we get to, to wrap up. I saw that y'all, um, Friends of Bayou Lafouche, signed an MOU with Lafouche Career Magnet Center to build some of those floating docks along Bayou Lafouche. I, I love the idea of that partnership. So tell us more about that. So that that came up uh, basically middle of last year when when when. 
you know, we're constantly seeing an increase in the amount of people who want to enhance their bachelor property, whether they live there or own property. People are now wanting to use Bailafouche as as a place for recreation. And, and, you know, one of the things we're seeing is in the past, if someone decided to build a home on on Bailafouche, they may or may not take into account that they're on the water. Everything that we're seeing now, when, when things are constructed, they are building around by Lafouche. They are focused on having a, a new building or a house on by Lafouche. And, and that goes back to the pride. And, and so what we wanted to do was we wanted to give people a safe and affordable option as far as putting in these access points on the body. And, and there's tons of systems out there um, and that work great. But they are all a little bit on the pricey side. So what we did is, is we were able to acquire uh, floating pods that are made for docks and piers. We signed this memorandum of understanding with the Career Magnet School in Lockport, which is part of the Lafouche Parish School System. And they train students in, in all sorts of trades, everything from, from nursing to cosmetology uh, to cooking, to diesel mechanic, carpentry, um, welding. And so we were able to establish a relationship with their carpentry and welding department where we supply them the, the floating pods. Uh, we supply them with the lumber. They assemble it and build it. And then when it's done, we deliver it to the homeowner. Um, and with us being a nonprofit, we're able to, to do this through a donation platform. So it, there's a there's a tax benefit to the landowners that that are doing this, and it, you're looking at probably 10 to 15 percent of the cost of what other dock systems may may run you. And and you know everything that all the projects that that we're building on the bachelor property, what we recommend to people is the floating option. That way the dock is is always x amount of inches out of the water uh, when we get a big rain or whether we're in a drought. You don't have to worry about your dock being too high or underwater. Um, and the freshwater district also has, through their permit process, you can build out a little bit further in using a, a floating dock. So all around, it's it's a more affordable and easier option than, than the traditional pillar type docks that people have built in the past. So it's been great. Uh, we've we started the you know, by the time we signed the agreement, got all the materials we needed, it was really December of last year before we started executing it. So at this rate, we're putting out um, one to two per month. And, and as of right now, we're fortunate to, to have a little waiting list for them. So it, it's been it's been great that, you know, we want to see we want to continue doing the large scale public attractions along the bayou. But we also want to incentivize individual landowners as well as public landowners like restaurants and bars to also have access to patrons along the body. So it's really been a good program and it's our hope that we can only grow it more. And we could not have done this without the Career Magnet Center in Lockport. And I thank all those guys for, for their willingness to, to do this. 
how smart Ryan to 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 be able to to make a partnership like that and how important we talk a lot about how to get kids interested in coastal and for every one of those um Cajun engineered floating docks that they they have you know the kids also learn about the bayou they learn about the importance of the bayou they learn that you know water levels rise and fall and so uh really in, ingenious to do that y'all have so many other great programs and and projects um i know that you worked on a map y'all worked on vessel removal in the bayou which is a, a real problem in the southern parts y'all had a program called float with friends so tell people how they can find out more information about the good work of Friends of Bayou Lafourche, uh, where they can donate, they can find information. Uh, tell us all those details. Sure. So our website is bayoulafourche.org. Uh, we summarize all of our projects, our programs. We send out regular newsletters where people can sign up for those, those newsletters as well. Uh, and then social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So No TikTok. Um, no, no, no TikTok, no TikTok yet. You won't see me dancing on a paddleboard just quite yet. Oh, fundraiser idea, fundraiser that, idea. That could be. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're volunteering to put the first bid in, or or help, Simone, you you've got a great following. I, I'm thinking. I, I I threw it out to Jacques in the, <laughs> in the first segment. I challenged him, and so I'm trying to cut him off so he doesn't challenge me. Um, I, that involves the Bayou. So. I don't know, Jacques. I think Simone dancing on a paddleboard in the Bayou would be a, a great outreach effort. I think um, we need has... to put a fundraiser behind that. You know, everyone <laughs> willing to see Simone doing a little TikTok dance challenge down the bayou on a paddleboard, uh, please go to, is it bayoulafouche.org and, yes. uh, and give some money and we'll make that happen. Right. 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 I was going to say that, that um, Simone that went to Nichols probably would have gotten in the bayou and done a, <laughs> done a, a dancing challenge at, <laughs> at one point. It's, it's never too late, but I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up the donations and, and, you know, it's like any, like every other nonprofit, it's, it's become a little bit more challenging, uh, to raise, to raise dollars, uh, not being able to have ev events. So, you know, we, we've somewhat adapted and, and tried to create different revenue streams, but the, the donations that are made to friends of Bala uh, are absolutely critical to these projects. And, you know, with, with the Nichols project for, as an example, had it not been for some of the revenues created through our St. Patrick's Day on the Bayou previous years, as well as our memberships and various donation levels, we would not have been able to complete that project. So, the you know, the, the dollars that are donated are 100% going back into the Bayou for projects and programs. So, you know, that's that's something that's critical, critical to our ongoing operations that we're greatly appreciative to all those that, that have helped in the past. Well, thank you, Ryan, for coming back on to tell us all the details about the good work of the Friends at Bayou Lafouche. We do have a fun question. I know that um, that Bayou, Friends at Bayou Lafouche used to host a St. Patrick's Day event. Um, and so we'll, Jacques and I are looking forward to coming back next year for that. But um, if you had to choose between St. Patrick's Day and Mardi Gras, I know that you're a big Mardi Gras guy, too. I know that. Um, so which would you which would you choose on a deserted island got to pick one holiday st patrick's day or mardi gras where do you go mardi gras hands down <laughs> mardi gras hands down I, I i've been i've been involved in in cruise 
since I turned 18, and this will be the, the first time since then that I don't ride in a parade. So it's things are looking a little bit different, but like you said, still managing to to get our um, our liquid intake in as well as our share of king cake. But uh, it's it's different, but still trying to to make it feel like a fest. Any any decorated houses in Thibodeau? Oh, uh, well, the, the wife didn't really give me much of a choice. <laughs> Christmas decorations came down and Mardi Gras decorations went Good straight wife. up. Good so uh, we've, we've still got it inside and outside the house. And it, it seems like the, the king cake doesn't last long when it when it do, does come in through Good. the door. Good. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Well, thank you again, Ryan, for being on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Um, Buyyouthefouche.org. Yes. That was pretty yes. easy. That's easy. Good, good, good yeah. domain name. Um, so thank you for coming back on. Uh, we want to close out with the Coastal Voice of the Week. I support the coast because it's my livelihood, my community, and my passion. Just ask anyone who sits on a Grand Isle beach to watch the sunset. That's from Monique in Thibodeau. We probably all know Monique. So <laughs> thank you, Monique, for lending your coastal voice. And just a reminder that you can add yours at MississippiRiverDelta.org slash restore dash the dash. All right. Well, another great out, episode. Doc. Really awesome to see friends and partners continuing to make progress despite everything and really be innovative. So please go and support the cook-off for the coast, as well as the friends of Bayou Lafouche. And we will be back with another show soon. Until then, we'll see y'all later, alligators. 